0: ready let's talk about reading the Bible with your kids and actually enjoying it so one of the struggles that you're likely to find as you read devotionals or the Bible with your kids is that they're just squirmy it's the kind of the same thing as we encountered with prayer right they act like they're bored or they're not listening and you don't want to force them to sit still and listen because you don't want reading the Bible to become a battleground some of us have bad memories maybe associated with that. Maybe that's what happened in our house where our parents were like, sit still and listen. And it really became a contentious issue in our house. Some of us heard of friends that had that problem or people that were pushed away from the Bible and from God because of like, just really feeling like there was no option there. Like their parents were really militant about it. And that's what we don't want. We want our kids to enjoy this. And we do want them to listen but that doesn't mean we have to just tell them to sit still and listen. So today I'm going to share some of the things I've learned about how to engage our kids' hearts and minds when we're reading the Bible with them or when they're reading the Bible on their own. So the number one tip that I have is to pray about it. <laughs> Sometimes it just seems so obvious, but I forget this all the time. Your number one move should always be to pray about it. I know that seems really obvious, but how often do we forget to pray about this kind of thing, right? Instead of relying on ourselves to soften our child's heart, we need to trust God to do the heart softening. So if you're currently struggling in this area, you know, of reading the Bible or devotions with your kids, ask God to soften your child's heart and give you wisdom for just how to engage your child better. In addition to some overall prayer, I recommend praying each time before you even open the Bible. So honestly, this is hard for me. Because I always just wanted to like get right into it. Many years ago, I worked as a summer student and I, you know, I would just go into people's office and ask them the question I needed to ask, right? I once walked into someone's office to ask her a question and she said, Christy, you never say, hello, how are you doing? You just get right to it. And she was annoyed, but (laughs) I'm just bad at small talk. So, um... Yes, so I'm preaching to myself when I say, like, let's open with prayer. We don't need to just get right into it. Prayer is getting right into it, right? So the same goes for when I read the Bible with my kids. So instead of just starting, we want to start with prayer. Invite God to work in our hearts and give us insight and help us to listen to our kids and be aware of what they're learning and what their struggles are. Because it's so important, right? A.W. Tozer wrote, The Bible is a supernatural book and can be understood only by supernatural aid. That's quite a quote, hey? Like, we can't read the Bible and really understand it without the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. So, inviting him in is the most important first step. And I've been telling that to my oldest son recently, too. Like, we don't just read the Bible to read the Bible. We read the Bible because we want to get to know her to get to know God's, be- God better, and get to know his will for us, and get to know his heart. And that's really hard to do if we don't invite him into the process. So, my second thing after prayer is don't be afraid to read the actual Bible with them. Our tendency as parents is to turn to videos and storybook Bibles and devotional books to do all the teaching for us, partly because they're like legitimately interesting and fun, but also because I think we have a niggling sense that we're not equipped to teach the Bible to our kids on our own. But guess what? You have God, and above all, he gave you that kid or those kids to you. He is going to equip you and help you. So obviously, feel free to use devotionals and videos and stuff. But don't also, don't be afraid to read the actual Bible with your children. Again, A.W. E. Tozer said, I believe that we find the Bible difficult because we try to read it as we would any other book. And it's not the same as any other book. The saving power of the word is reserved for those for whom it is intended. The secret of the Lord is with them. Oops, sorry. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. The impenitent heart will find the Bible but a skeleton of facts without flesh or life or breath. Shakespeare may be enjoyed without penitence, We may understand Plato without believing a word he says, but penitence and humility along with faith and obedience are necessary to our right understanding of the scripture. So this means the Bible is a special book with the power to point us to the one who saves. This quote from A.W. Tolzer reminds us that we don't actually need a lot of knowledge to understand the Bible and to help our kids get it. Instead, what we need is penitence, humility, obedience, and faith. Have you got those? God will equip you and he will help you get those things too. (laughs) This is like God does all the work kind of thing here. So let's not be afraid to read the actual Bible as a family. So that's not to say that we dive, you know, right into Leviticus or Revelation right away. If you're just starting, I recommend just keeping it super short and choosing something that's going to pull your kids in, like the Gospels, Genesis, or some of the shorter Psalms. This is where Hope Growth Faith can really help you read the actual Bible with your kids because we provide monthly reading plans and simple activities to help your kids understand and enjoy your time together. If you're looking for a specific study to start with, I recommend the Armor of God study or the one on the book of Mark. That one has slightly longer passages, so if you've got elementary kids or bigger, I recommend the Mark one. If your kids are anywhere from like three and up, I would start with the Armor of God study. Or you can just do the one that we're doing next. Now, you probably already know this, but when you read the Bible with your kids, you don't want to just like read a passage, then slam the book shut and move on with your day. Here are some ideas to help you have actual conversations with your kids about what you've read. Again, these are ideas that I've actually already incorporated into all our Hope Grown Faith Bible studies, but you can also use them on your own. So the first thing you can do is do a little research on the passage. There's often an info page about the book. Of the Bible at the beginning of the book and you can use it to answer questions like who wrote this part of the Bible who did they write it for why was it important to write down where is this in the timeline of the Bible those are all things that you can find online too as well you can use um, the Bible project has some really great videos that you could watch with your kids they've got like overviews of certain Bible books. And you can also look online just to say who wrote Romans, but usually you can find it at the beginning of your Bible as well. Most study Bibles will have some information. So that last question that I said, where is this in the timeline of the Bible? That one's particularly helpful because it helps kids understand that these stories we teach them aren't just a random collection of stories like Aesop's fables. They're stories with a timeline about real people in a real time period. And all these stories point to Jesus. So a couple of simple ways your child could respond to scripture readings, and you can have them do this anytime. You can sing it or you can pray it. So sometimes a passage will remind your child of a song, which you can sing together. If not, you can always make up your own song. And there's often something in the Bible that can help us focus our prayers as well. For example, after reading the story of Jesus walking on the water, I asked one of my boys to pray about something from it. He prayed that he would be able to see Jesus working in his life, even when he's scared. So this works for almost anything you're reading with your child from the Bible, and for when you're reading on your own as well. Praying scripture is a great way to learn how to pray, and we talked about that last time. If you have really imaginative kids who like to use their imagination, or kids that uh, like to sit and think, you can ask them to imagine themselves in the story. Ask them questions like, what does it smell like? What sounds are around you? What does it look like? How does it taste? Again, this helps them engage their imaginations and makes these Bible passages more real to them. Another thing you can do with the Bible, either alone on your own or with your kids, is to read it out loud. And even read it out loud in funny voices. You can stand on a chair, make big gestures, read it dramatically. This can really help your child have fun while reading the Bible. You don't have to read it like, blah, blah, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Try and make it interesting, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My last suggestion is to help your kids ask questions of the text. This will help them understand it better and go deeper. So these are also valuable questions for us to ask because we read the Bible. You can ask questions like, does this Bible passage remind me of another Bible passage? For example, I had an epiphany a couple years ago when I realized that <clears throat> when Jesus comes walking on the water in the Gospels, that's actually a reminder of something from Job. When God says, who, who can walk on the water except for me? Or something like that. It was really a, a Jesus showing them, I am God. And so that kind of thing when you're connecting one Bible passage to another can really make it seem a lot deeper or when I was reading the book of Daniel once and I realized I asked my kids in the middle of teaching a Sunday school lesson I was like hey does this remind you of somebody else who was out in a different land and ended up being in charge of a lot of the land like it reminds us of Joseph so those kind of connections can really help kids understand the Bible as well So another question you can ask is, what does this show me about God? That's a really powerful one. What does this show me about God or Jesus or God's kingdom? There's almost always something we can learn about God from the Bible. Well, in fact, always. Not almost always. There is always something we can learn about God from a passage of scripture. And last, we can ask, is God asking me to do something in response to this? Sometimes he is. Sometimes he isn't. Sometimes there's some stuff that just doesn't really apply to us right? Like some of the laws in the Old Testament. But often there is something that God wants us to do in response to this. Maybe it's repent. Maybe we can just praise him. Maybe there's an actual life change that we need to make in response to something. But those are some questions that you can help your kids learn to ask. So we talked about praying about it. I said, don't be afraid to read the actual Bible. And I give you some tips for helping your kids kind of engage in conversation around that. And my third thing is to occupy their hands. I know it seems counterintuitive, but this is actually one of the best things I've learned from homeschool moms over the past few years, and it's helped me too. Some kids do need to sit still to listen well, and you know your kid best, but most will actually listen better and for longer periods of time if we allow them to engage their bodies while they're listening. So they can do these things quietly. They can paint, they can color, they can knit, they can draw, they can play Lego, they can play Play Play-Doh. All these are really helpful ways for kids to focus on what you're reading without being distracting to others. This actually helps me a lot too. I find that I listen better when I'm going for a walk or doing dishes or doing something that with my body that doesn't require my brain. It actually helps me listen better. And I'll, this is why we have a lot of fidget toys in classrooms now, right? Because we've discovered that some kids <clears throat> need to fidget. Um, but there's other, you know, you can fidget with a little, little what am I saying? You can fidget with something that has a little bit more purpose than a fidget toy. Like you can teach your kids how to knit or play Play-Doh or something, right? So when you're reading to the Bible to them, it's nice if you can connect what they're doing with their hands to what they're learning, but it's not critical. They can just learn and listen while moving. My kids usually play Lego while I'm reading to them, not necessarily the Bible, but just I can read to them for probably about an hour if they're playing Lego or coloring while I'm doing this. Sometimes Lego does get a little annoying as they're digging through the bin, (laughs) but then I just say, hey guys, can we stop the rustling and just pick out pieces from the top? And they usually do. So while I do think that just letting them doodle or knit or play with Lego is totally fine when you're reading, if you want to Be a little bit more intentional about it. I'll give you some examples of things your kids can be doing to actively help them engage in what you're reading. Kind of being very intentional about it. So you can have them draw what you're reading. One thing that's super simple that you can ask your child is that you can just ask your child to draw something from the Bible passage. Say, draw your version of this story. Um... You can have journals for your child to draw while you're reading, but scraps of paperwork fine too. We can just keep it simple. It doesn't have to be complicated, but having a, I've been thinking actually about getting journals for my kids that just contain their drawings of a, during our Bible time, but just remember that the goal is not to have a finished piece of art. The goal is just to keep their hands busy while you read, which helps them focus. Another thing they can do along those lines is create Bible verse artwork. They can pick a favorite phrase from the passage you read and just write it out in fancy letters. Like this is a real thing among adults too. If you look up illustrated faith on uh, hashtag on Instagram, you can see this is a really powerful way to interact with scripture. And a lot of really art inclined people really enjoy it. I like it too. I'm not super art inclined. I wouldn't, you know, like take pictures of my scripture art (laughs) for anybody else to see, but I do still really enjoy doing it sometimes. And another thing you can do is play the Bible while reading it or after reading it. This can take a variety of forms. So my kid's favorite is to act out the Bible stories. So the trick to making this simple is to use no props and no costumes. I was reading an article once that was talking about acting out Bible stories, but then it was telling you that you had to get a bunch of like props and costumes, and sure, that's fun, but you don't need props and costumes to act out the Bible story. We did this for years in a tiny bedroom with bunk beds. The top of the bunk bed was heaven or the upper room and the closet was the cave where Jesus was buried and the bottom bunk has been a boat and a jail and all kinds of things. Everyone gets a part when you're acting it out and if we don't have enough people, we grab some stuffed animals off the bed and give them a part too. It is actually pretty funny a lot of the times. And often my kids would want to do it five or six times, so they each got the chance to be each character. Oh, I want to be Jesus in this one. Nope, now it's my turn. (laughs) So what this does for your child is it cements the story in their mind. It helps them understand what the characters might have felt or how they might have reacted. And it also helps them remember. So if you read it first and then ask them to act it out, they need to remember some of the lines, right? So it actually helps them remember it better. And it also sets in your child's mind that their play can include the Bible. I've seen my kids, just out of the blue, um, create Elijah's altar in their backyard play. Uh, they've pretended to be the lame man who gets dropped in through the roof. They've And they've acted out other stories just while they were playing, with no prompting from me. I love that the Bible just became a natural extension of their play. Now, it's not happening so much anymore because my kids are getting older, but for a long time that was a pretty big deal, and I love that. One time I read the story of Daniel in the lion's den from the Bible which is actually quite long and I thought "Mm, how about you guys build me a Duplo lion's den while I read. So they quietly worked and listened while I read I think it's at least a chapter if not more and at the end we were able to have this really interesting conversation because they'd been listening and they were engaged. So you It's tempting to think if my kids are doing something, they're not listening, but that's not true for most kids. They can be doing something like this while they're listening. And yes, you want them not to be talking to each other and stuff because you can't talk and listen at the same time. But as long as they're being quiet, um, they're more likely more engaged. So you can also give them Lego, Play-Doh, stuffed animals, popsicle sticks, or pretty much anything except for the beeping, talking toys. (laughs) You can suggest something you want your child to create from the story or just have them make whatever the story makes them think of. I once gave a friend of mine a little suitcase of Lego for her son to use only when they read the Bible. And she sent me some really fun videos of the stories that he's been creating with the Lego. And I love how his imagination is now being wired to include the Bible, which is what happens when you just ask your kids, hey, do you guys want to act this out?" So that's it. I believe with prayer, intentionality, and a little creativity, you can learn to engage your kids in reading the Bible together. So if you want some guidance with this, there are several resources within Hope, Grown Faith that are going to help you think along these lines. So if you're not quite ready to just branch off and do that on your own yet, no problem. That's what we're here for. So first, you can actually download my entire preschool devotional called Wise for Salvation. I called it a devotional when I published it, but it's more like an interactive Bible study. So you can download the entire PDF with a single click. I've left the link here for you. Or if you prefer a physical copy, you will have to buy it, but you can order it from any online bookstore. I think it's normally around $11 at most bookstores, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Indigo. So you can get it from any of those places if you prefer a physical copy, but the the, uh, PDF is free. Second, all of our newer Hope Grown Faith Bible studies are designed in this manner as well, to help you engage your kids through their hands, hearts, and minds each time you read the Bible. So for every passage, I've included some sort of movement or some other engagement to help your kids um, connect deeper with the Bible. Or if you'd like to just get going on your own with whatever Bible passage you're already reading with your family, you can download a workbook and poster that I've also linked called Nine Totally Awesome Ways to Read the Bible. (laughs) So I would talk to you through all nine of them today. But the, the Nine Totally Awesome Ways to Use the Bible is actually a workbook you can use with your children to practice interacting with a single Bible passage in each of these nine ways. And it could help you get some insight into how they listen the best. So I think I have an example from... Psalm 23, and Jesus walking on the water, and you go through each of those nine aspects, seeing if you can come up with a song and a prayer and all those things for each passage. And that, my friend, is the end of the rooted stage. In the flourish stage, we're going to talk about the things that might be keeping your family from flourishing, answering questions like, uh, what if my kids just aren't interested? What if they're ready to move on to doing their own devotions? So we're gonna talk about things like that. We're gonna learn how to partner with God to go through this process of seed, sprout, and root all over again anytime you feel like God is calling your family or your child to go deeper. So last, make sure to pop over to the Golden Nuggets link and type in one thing you wanna remember from this lesson. And I will see you in the flourish stage.